0: Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast of excellence for Book 5, Chapter 13. What is Tolstoy showing by placing Pierre's lack of understanding of traditional Orthodox religion next to Pierre's fervent oration of his new found personal religion? And why do you think that the old prince doesn't approve of having the wanderers in the house? And why does Maya allow them in anyway? Maya and her pilgrims. Uh, One of the interesting things of this book, it's only a sort of, I don't know. I don't know if you'd say it's like a major plot point or something, but it's definitely something that I remembered from reading this book last time, like those pilgrims really stuck out to me. Uh, Angel of the Dawn said, Prince André's comment about the Holy Mother getting a promotion was the first thing in this book to make me laugh out loud. Ripster66 says, Pierre has consistently revealed his naivety in every chapter, so it doesn't surprise me that he doesn't know much about these pilgrims. Maya seems to enjoy enlightening him since his questions are sincere and not sarcastic like her brothers. I also think that by being ignorant of traditional religion, he's more susceptible to the Freemasons' teaching. He hasn't experienced this sort of religious fervor before, so the ritual and fraternity of the Freemasons is very attractive. That's a good point. I, I, too. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> I'm very tired. <laughs> Yawning into the microphone. I do see how that fraternity is such an attractive aspect of the Freemasons. Um, Warren Cavoff, says, I felt this was done to show that Pierre, who was professing to be a Freemason, probably doesn't know much about Christianity, at least beyond a very basic level. Pierre admitted to being an atheist only a few chapters ago, but... Pretty much then, at the drop of a hat, decides to join the Masons. I think Pierre is enthusiastic about his new religion and will promote it, but I don't think he really knows much about it at all. Um, not sure that religion is even the right word um, for Freemasons. I have it on good authority that it isn't. They prefer the word brotherhood. Whap, whap away... Says, <laughs> um, What was Andre's comment about? I think you ought to know he's a woman. Is he poking fun of the young boy? Later, Tolstoy mentions how he puts on a low voice. Andre Belkonsky, 69, says, Either a transgender man or a woman pretending to be a man for some reason or another, maybe a young woman wandering the countryside without a home or any guard, might be less safe than if people presume, assumed she was a young man. that is confusing oh I can't stop yawning sorry guys I guess let's just read the next chapter oh it's really short that's good that's good at the moment for tonight that's good (laughs) because um my brain's mush I've got a job interview tomorrow and I've been just for the last couple of days just cramming cramming trying to remember and refresh. I'm essentially resuming a career or trying to resume a career that I haven't been part of for seven years now, almost eight years now. Um, so because um, I used to work as a business analyst way back when. Uh, and at the moment i'm I've, I've been applying for a few business analyst jobs to see if I can get back into it, but it's been seven years. And all of the, the plethora of terminology used in that industry, in that profession, has escaped me. And I've been trying to refresh on it these last few days, just to no end. Like, I I, I feel no more confident now than I did a few days ago. So I'm kind of dreading this interview tomorrow, because everything they ask me, I'm just going to say, "Ah, oh, yeah, I can't remember what that means. And I might as well just copy-paste that, answer for the whole interview that's how I feel going into this anyway I've stressed myself out about it and um, now my brain is mush hence all the yawning <laughs> and the tight timbre in my voice alright chapter ni- 19, 15, fourteen, sorry chapter fourteen goes like this the pilgrim woman was appeased and being encouraged to talk gave a long account of father Amphilicus who led so holy a life that his hands smelled of incense, and how on her last visit to Kiev some monks she knew let her have the keys to the catacombs, and how she, taking some dry bread with her, had spent two days in the catacombs with the saints. I'd pray a while to one, ponder a while, then go to another. I'd sleep a bit, and then again go and kiss the relics. And there was such peace all round, such blessedness, that own that one, that one don't want to come out, even into the light of heaven again. Pierre listened to her attentively and seriously. Prince André went out of the room, and then, leaving God's folk to finish their tea, Princess Mary took Pierre into the drawing room. You're very kind, she said to him. Oh, I really do not mean to hurt her feelings. I understand them so well and have the greatest respect for them. Princess Mary looked at him silently and smiled affectionately. I have known you a long time, you see, and am fond of you as a brother. She said, How do you find André? She said hurriedly, not giving him time to reply to her affectionate words. I am very anxious about him. His health was better in the winter, but last spring his wound reopened and the doctor said he ought to go away for a cure, and I am very much afraid for him spiritually. He has not a character like us women who, when we suffer, can weep away our sorrows. He keeps it all within him. Today he is cheerful and in good spirits, but that is the effect of your visit. He is not often like that. If you would persuade him to go abroad, he needs activity, and this quiet, regular life is very bad for him. Others don't notice it, but I see it. Towards ten o'clock, the men and servants rushed to the front door, hearing the bells of the old prince's carriage approaching. Prince André and Pierre also went out into the porch. Who's that? asked the old prince, noticing Pierre as he got out of the carriage. Ah. Very glad. Kiss me," he said, having learned who the younger stranger was. The old prince was in a good temper and very gracious to Pierre. Before supper, Prince André came back to his father's study, found him disputing hotly with his visitor. Pierre was maintaining that a time would come when there would be no more wars. The old prince disputed it chafingly, but without getting angry. Drain the blood from men's veins and put in water instead. Then there will be no more war. Old women's nonsense. Old women's nonsense, he repeated, but still he patted Pierre affectionately on the shoulder, and they went up to the table where Prince André, evidently not wishing to join in the conversation, was looking over the papers his father had brought from town. The old prince went up to him and began to talk business. The marshal, Count Rostov, hasn't sent half his contingent. He came to town and wanted to invite me to dinner. I gave him a pretty dinner. And there, look at this. Well, my boy. The old prince went on, addressing his son and patting Pierre on the shoulder. A fine fellow, your friend. I like him. He stirs me up. Another says clever things, and one doesn't care to listen, but this one talks rubbish, yet stirs an old fellow up. Well, go, get along. Perhaps I'll come and sit with you at supper. We'll have another dispute. Make friends with my little fool, Princess Mary, he shouted after Pierre, through the door. Only now, on his visit to Bald Hills, to Pierre I fully realized the strength and charm of his friendship with Prince and Andre, that charm was not expressed so much in his relations with him, as with all his family and with the household. With the stern old Prince and the gentle, timid Princess Mary, though he had scarcely known them, Pierre at once felt like an old friend. They were all fond of him already. Not only Princess Mary, who had been won by his gentleness at the pilgrims, gave her most, him her the most gave him her most radiant looks. But even the one-year-old Prince Nicholas, as his grandfather called him, smiled at Pierre and let himself be taken in his arms, and Mikhail Ivanovich and Mademoiselle Borin looked at him with pleasant smiles when he talked to the old prince. The old prince came in to supper, this was evidently on Pierre's account, and during the two days of the young man's visit, he was extremely kind to him and told him to visit them again. When Pierre had gone and the members of the household met together, they began expressing their opinions of him, as people always do after a new acquaintance has left, but as seldom happens, no one said anything but what was good of him. All right, there you go, another chapter down, Pierre is very well received at Bald Hills. Nice. Good on you, Pierre. All right, have your say about that one over at the subreddit. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.